Zin release a future classic for their birthday, Seiko release another limited edition, shocker, Veya go all out with a GMT watch, and Chris and I talk about a very good looking IWC watch. Welcome back to Casual Watch Talk, you're joined by Sam and Chris. Chris, how have you been? Excellent. Welcome, everyone. Cool. Well, should we roll straight into it then? We, Absolutely. We'll kick it off with a... Um, sometimes we do watch obsessions, sometimes we do wristwatch check, but I think this week we'll do a wristwatch check, shall we? What Do you want to go yeah. first? Yeah, sounds good. We are finishing out our one watch challenge. At least I am. And uh, so wearing my C65 back on the bracelet. Super comfy. And, you know, um, I always, you know, I say this very, it's, this is our second second year doing this, and it's sort of a cliche where you're like, you're going to learn all about why you like it and why you don't like it if you do this. And I think I think that is definitely part of the reason why people avoid it, because you're just, you know, you, you get you get all the, the, the points. But um, I've got some, yeah, I've got some, some stuff that I definitely have learned about this one. It's... Um, and I won't give it away too much because we're definitely going to have a show on it and have some of our folks over at the Facebook group uh, join us. But the legibility, because it is with the two silver dials, if the hour hand is anywhere between the three and nine, I have to stare at it like an old man. So, oh, really? Yeah. So. I've had that problem with uh, with chronographs before, you know. Mm. Um, I mean, the Daytona, that's what people say about the Daytona, yeah. don't they? That yeah. the hands can go sort of semi-invisible. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, uh, it's definitely, yeah, it was an interesting experience. And I, and I, I feel like, it, like, yeah, it just, it looks so good. But, yeah, I, I have to give it up for some of the other stuff that I have, some of my Black Dial and my military-inspired stuff. The legibility is just, I mean, this is what we're talking about, which is to be able to just glance down and be able to know what time it is at any, just whoosh. so interesting. And there will be more on the, on the month with the C65. Well, I'm going to be releasing a review. It might be actually before this podcast comes out, but on a very highly legible Luminox that I didn't really like that much. Not because of its legibility, but yeah, I mean, I'm because we're doing the one watch challenge. I'm here again with my much loved Christopher Ward. Few mm-hmm. people we were we've been espousing how good Christopher Ward is for the last couple of weeks, and a few <laughs> people have commented, "How much are Christopher Ward paying you?" They're not yes. paying us anything. We want them to pay. They we yes. want them to pay us. <laughs> yes. yes. The next time you have Mike on, just you know, be like, listen, you know. I mean, they don't need to pay us. That's that's a joke because we do really love the watches. In fact, a, a shout out to one of the founders of the company that I worked for, one of the founding members, because he messaged me saying, hey, you're a watch guy. And we got talking. He was like, I've seen this Christopher Ward. And oh. I was like, oh, really? Because if you asked me which was the best value switch to watch you goodbye, that's what I would tell you. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's today's answer. Today's answer is definitely that. Uh, well, we played into it a little bit. You know, we certainly, we, cert- we, we knew it was on the nose. And over on the Facebook group, we definitely played into it a little bit. I think uh, Michael was giving us some... <laughs> He was like, is that a Christopher Ward? Question mark, question mark. And he like, smiley face back and forth. So, uh, yeah, well, that's great. Yeah, different uh, different strap. Still kind of rocking the same for you? Yeah, well, I've put it on a Barton band. I mean, these Barton ones are really good. If anybody wants oh, nice. a cheap, we've talked about this before. Yeah, we? yeah, we have. Yeah, these are the, uh, their, their diver band there. Yeah, so good. But I have been wearing it mostly on a Frog Squad strap, which is Luke over at on the Facebook group 
He's oh, making yeah. these hand making these straps in Australia. Really good. He sent me a prototype of one, which I really liked. Uh, the only nice. reason I've not got it on is I just just was swapping the strap, but I've been wearing mm-hmm. it on that for. It's a new take on a fabric hook and loop type strap. Mm. Mm-hmm. But some of the new, I, I've got a prototype, but some of the new ones he's made out of nylon look really good. I'm, we're going to get Chris and I are going to get him on the show when he's when he properly launches. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, shall we have another thrilling episode of Hit or Miss? <laughs> And this week, I'm not going to be able to hide my feelings on this uh, (laughs) because I do really like it. So Uh, this is, I get in trouble with this name. I want to say Mido, but I think it's Mido. Mido, 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 Mido. It's a Swatch company. This is their second version of this watch. It's a vintage inspired watch. They had a watch like this from their vintage Mm -hmm. uh, originally. They recreated one. I think, was it last year, Chris, they did this or was it the year before? Yeah, it was recent, pretty recent. It's got a decompression scale on it. I'll briefly mention what it does, but they've released it in this tropical colors. But essentially, the inner rings on here are decompression times. And so it's got how long you need to wait for decompressing from between 25 and 29 minutes. And then the 30 is between 30 and 34. And then it's 35 to uh, Mm -hmm. 40. So Mm -hmm. they're decompressing. Obviously, of zero use. Really, yeah, right. To I was anybody say, at the back, back in 1961, where we didn't have computers we could wear on our wrist. Yes, <laughs> correct. This would be the computer that you'd use. Oh, I see. Previous one. I yeah. think that this is a really good looking watch. I wouldn't normally, if you said to me, would I wear a watch with lime that, green, that yellow, and yeah. pink on the dial? Yeah. I, I would probably question it but i actually think they've done a very good yeah. job of this yeah it's a limited edition and it's um limited edition and it, this is from monochrome watches i'm reading this limited edition to lust uh, well 1961 because it's okay. based on a, a watch from 1961 so 1961 okay. pieces uh 100 1150 euro so oh, I'm, I'm okay guessing like pretty 1, decent 1, price 300 yeah. Pretty pretty decent price for ETA so, twenty eight twenty four. Yeah, Swiss made three hander, um, with those uh, with the sixties colors. I'm with you, Sam. I feel like the the sort of the more uh, the longer I am with uh, as a watch collector, the more I you know the more I've gone, the more time has gone by as a watch collector. I feel like the more um, adventurous I get. I, you know, where I, where I, you know, it's like, uh, this reminds me of, uh, you know, some of the Doxa fun color Doxa subs that were out there and they're just like, you know, could you wear a turquoise watch? And part of me definitely is like, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, it definitely like if I was down in your neck of the woods, you know, Florida on the beach. It has got those, that Miami vibes to it, hasn't it? Yeah. uh, The color scheme there. Yeah, Miami Beach vibe. So uh, yeah, I could. I, I feel like that's and and a pretty faithful recreation of the uh, of the original. I, you know, I think they did a pretty good job. They 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 had some fun with the bezel color and kind of made it funky. But I say it's a hit. It's a hit. I w- I agree with you. I think it's a hit as well. So we're gonna nice. go. We're gonna go with hit for that one. All right. First story is. 
Justin, who's our Rolex AD friend, talked about this a couple of weeks ago on the channel when we did a Tudor video that there's going to be Tudor boutiques opening in the US. And the first one has, in fact, opened in New York. And Hodinkee have done... I think I don't know if they've got a sneak peek of it, but they've they've been inside it. It looks fantastic inside. Mm. They've got um, oh fancy. Obviously, they've got some all blacks gear on there. It looks really nice. Looks very accessible. They've clearly got all the watches in there. The reason that I mention this as well is that Justin mentioned that the next one is going to be in where I currently live, which is Orlando, Florida. And he's right. Oh, I actually okay. took a picture and I'll just throw it up here. But the local mall, Mayers is mm -hmm. going to be opening the boutique. So there's going to be a Mayers next door to the Tudor boutique, but it's quite mm. a big space that they've got. So I'm really excited. And when they open that Tudor boutique, I'll be first down there doing a nice. live live report. <laughs> I don't know if I'll get invited <laughs> to the opening, but I'll throw that out there. Right. Yeah. Exactly. What do you think First of these? Um, what do you think of these dedicated boutiques, Tudor? And so, do, do you like do you like going into a dedicated boutique, or do you like a watch shop that has multiple? I, I you know, I think it's good. I think it's good for them, and I think um, I think it's I I like it. I like it, and and here's why I like it because I see this space as a watch meetup space, right? So this and even if that's not who they're catering to, that's who it feels like they're catering to. And that's totally okay. And so I could definitely get down with bringing a watch roll, you know, 7 PM, let in the door, enjoying some beverages with like 30, 40 of my watch friends discussing whatever, obviously talking about Tudor, obviously seeing their new releases, this sort of space um the experience space that i that i that i'm starting to see a lot more in companies and marketing and things like that and i i think it's i think it's great and it sort of acknowledges the fact that we we want we want that experience and for a lot of for a lot of us right now that experience is watch collecting and so you know these stories that we you know like oh yeah tudor invited us to the unveiling of their new you know 2022 or whatever it is and um you know a bunch of us got together and went down there and you know they had champagne and it was amazing i mean these sorts of things that's for them for the brand that's it's really great and um yeah i, I kind of don't uh, i you know i don't i don't i don't miss that it would be just them and i would love if other companies did it you just got me thinking about a conversation i was having with somebody at work so somebody at work is into board games and they said hey do you want to come to this board game meetup thing now i mm -hmm. know how hardcore these what a board game meetup is there's like some yes. hardcore yes. yes board game players and i remember when i was a kid i was really into the Warhammer ball game, but I never played it. Mm -hmm. I just used to like painting the figures. But I remember that their whole business model was to have people come in and play the game there. And then, mm -hmm. so, and I think you're right. I think watch retailers need to do that more because a lot of them mm -hmm. are, they do seem inaccessible. I think if you're just a casual, mm -hmm. you're just interested in learning about watches perhaps, and you may be not that confident or 
maybe you just don't know what questions to ask. I think making it more mm-hmm. accessible, like we saw there, the photos mm-hmm. with the bar and, and, and things like that, I think. And then you maybe feel less like you're being sold to and more, right. hey, this is this is the experience of these watches and so on. I mean, the right. I think the flip side of it is the con of this is that you know, likely this will be likely the end of watch discounts, won't it? From own boutiques. But, um... <laughs> well, I guess so. I mean, you can. I mean, you can still ask, but yeah, I feel like, yeah, I feel like that's a that's a harder that's a harder sell. One thing you said that I that I completely agree with the the approachability of it, you know, and and you know, I I think with commission retail sales you come into some of these boutiques and it is it definitely feels like a commission retail sales car dealership to the max i mean you know you go into it like if you if, if you go into a coach store with your with your significant other um it doesn't take you but a second to realize that they're on commission cuz there's uh, a store a 600 square foot store and there are seven sales associates in there and you're like Oh, oh, I see what's going on here. And everyone's super attentive, but you definitely feel like, okay, I'm I'm I don't think I was ready to purchase a $3,000 handbag today, darling, but uh <laughs> but so to make it a little more approachable, I I yeah, I totally agree. I I'm curious to see how how they also branch you know, branch out. I mean, you know, what is the uh, and for some of these brands, like, I, I guess this sort of naturally happens, but like, I would even be interested if I was Tudor, if I was some of these, uh, upper getting up there luxury brands, I, I, I kind of be curious to know what the gateway is. I mean, I think like, I think the Swatch group kind of has the market on this because they're like, oh yeah, we know you had a Swatch when you were a kid. And so here's a $150 limited edition mechanical watch. And you're like, oh, that's pretty cool. And I mean, this is literally how I got hooked on mechanical watches, right? And so then, uh, and then you're, then you look and you're like, oh, and we have these other brands, you know, when you're ready to, you know, get, get something more and, and like kind of step into it. Um, so sort of interesting how they take the guy off the street who may, you know, just, you know, not have any interest in it and, and get them to a, and get them to a, uh, you know, a watch boutique sort of night. Yeah. And we've mentioned this before on the, the podcast where it was a long time ago, but this is, I think this is the, unin, might be an unintended consequence of Rolex's supply issues because you're missing a generation of people that got Rolexes for an anniversary mm. or a special occasion. TJ, who, you know, good friend to the show who's trying to buy a Rolex for his wife is not able to get the one that that he necessarily wanted immediately. Mm-hmm. And you're missing mm-hmm. that where people are like, oh, it is attainable when you achieve something, a promotion at work, but you just can't mm-hmm. get it anyway. So I wonder if they'll they'll miss right. that generation of, <laughs> yeah. oh, their dad had a Rolex or, you know, granddad yeah. had a Rolex and that's what, that's what I aspire to. I mean, yeah. who knows? story let's dive in here you spotted this and i agree with you this is a just a fantastic release from zinn for their anniversary so i'll flash it up here the zinn website though i always have a little chuckle it's so it is so unbecoming of how high quality the watches are the website looks just just awful 
But just, anyway, I mean, yeah, it's it's ba- it's basic. It's super basic. They have like a few photos of it. It's pretty funny. I I, I take it to like um, there are certain car companies that do not spend any money on their interior and they're like fancy any fancy interior bits but like the drivetrain is bulletproof this is this is what this is what zin's all about the drivetrain is bulletproof but they did not spend a quarter of a million dollars on a website <laughs> so <laughs> um yes this is the uh the 103 classic 12 that they are releasing for their 60th anniversary and i am totally in love and I am kind of kicking myself. I I would love to get my hands on one of these. They're a little up there in price. But based on past performance, so I think they're going for I think I saw like 3800. Um so based on based on sort of past performance, I have a feeling that this will be you know, won't necessarily dive in price. Like there won't be a, like, I think this will be worth the price. Um, but again, a $3,800 corner office, that's, that's, you know, that's not going to be, unless I have a, unless I get a big promotion where I could maybe buy a, you know, afford it's interesting a fancy luxury here, watch. <laughs> um, if you've seen this, this watch is already sold out in direct sales. So I wonder if watch buys or someone oh, actually bought the whole. Did I? Oh, geez. Maybe we then we already missed the boat. I mean, so one of the questions I had, I, I we were we were talking at the last watch meet about how many they had, and so it's limited six hundred. But um, somebody was like, "Is that limited six hundred for the world?" The fact that it's already sold out. I mean, it's been a couple of weeks since it was announced. So maybe I maybe I missed out on this one, but uh, what a watch! So. It was kind of our start of our, uh, they announced that at uh, the uh, Geneva Watch Days, and we'll be talking about that in a bit. For the next story, I wanted to do a little shout out to one of my favorite micro brands, which is Veya. Chris and I have had Ryan and Reagan on the show. I just think they're doing great things with watches. They The watches range, as you can see here, from $160 up to $500. They're actually going to be releasing soon. And if you're on their VIP mailing list, you'll get to see it. And I'll flash up a pitch here. But they're going to be doing a GMT. So they actually have a little survey here, which variation you like as you go through to pre-order it. So it's a dateless GMT. My view on date. I love having the date on mm. a watch. <laughs> I, I normally love everything yeah. that, that they do. I have actually reviewed this D5 Tropic, which is one of my favorite favorite watches that I own. And they're going to be releasing a GM. So it's a little step up for them. I think that it looks pretty good. I'll flash up a picture here of of one of the ones that's in the email. It shows that they're kind of going up market a little bit as well, as well as having... And they've probably got the most complete range of a micro brand. They have the quartz watches. They have military-inspired in, watches. They've got a Dirty Dozens-inspired watch. And then they've... They've got their dive watches as well. And they do a lot with they're very sea focused or ocean focused, I should say. The surface. Yeah. Yeah. And and we have definitely mentioned one of the things about them is they've moved 
they've moved into that gradually. Whereas that we've seen some uh, micro brands just kind of just lay out, just lay out the 15 types of watches that you, you know, without sort of like working towards it, without working towards it. Whereas here, I feel like, you know, they started with the super waterproof field watch quartz and then they started in them like oh would you buy it if it had a mechanical and really moved into it so it's good it's good to see their sort of process so this gmt um how much are they do you think they're asking for it they're doing a pre-order price it's going to retail for one thousand two hundred dollars and it's going to be shipping in november okay. they do have okay. a pre-order price um, I think you have to sign mm. up to the email to get the the pre-order price, which is less. That does seem a pretty big jump for them for yeah, their it pricing. Does, yeah, but they're using, unlike other micro brands that are, are mm-hmm. favoring Salita, which I really like Salita movements. Mm-hmm. They've they're doing ETA, yeah, so it's yeah. a GMT, an ETA powered GMT oh, okay. movement for. Oh, okay. That must. Okay. Okay. Maybe that's okay. Maybe that's maybe that I, uh, I suspect that that's that's maybe just what it is because they were, um, yeah, yeah, and they were pretty open on their on their pricing and stuff. So I mean, if they if you know if they can only get or if they want to get that better, uh, ETA, GMT, then they can uh, you know they'll have to pay a little bit more to get get that kind of pass that on to you, but. Uh, certainly might be worth it uh, yeah i think you're right and it's it's quite cool that they're actually getting the eta movements well let's move on to our let's move on to our next story and speaking of crap websites as we were just talking about with um zin seiko's website is just <laughs> awful for showcasing watches so uh... but at this really took me this one um it again it's a limited edition yawn but mm-hmm. monochrome watches again had some great photos of it and this dial is going to be absolutely spectacular on this prestige and then this um i think they're calling that the alpinist aren't they or, or yeah. the original alpinist. Or the, the presage not the prestige oh, the right Prestar- oh, i'm thinking of that film with uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> i'm thinking of the film that's right um yeah no uh Look saw some stuff dial. on yeah saw some stuff on instagram that the dial is cool the dial is cool, and then uh, uh, we was talking about it with a, with some folks. And and uh, if you dislike the prospects logo, that's the only sort of for that for that particular watch. Kind of it kind of hits you that prospects logo is just kind of punched in the middle. Now over on the presage, looks like they've got an open heart, um, open heart movement on it. So. Not oh, too bad. I see what you mean about the the um, Prospex logo because it's yeah. not quite centered, is it, on the pattern? Um, I mean, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's centered, but it's just it's there. It's it's just their little X logo that you know because it like it it denotes it's their um, demarcation for like their, their professional diver, specification. yeah, professional specification exactly. Yeah, but like for this for this watch, I yeah. It's uh, it, it's hotly debated over uh for the uh, Alpinist. So the like the newer Alpinist has the Prospects logo on it, and it's it's tough to if like I said, it's like one of those things where like if it bothers you, it bothers you. If it doesn't bother you, then it's fine. But, but I think the dial uh looks, I think the dial looks great and can overcome a little thing like that. Yeah, exactly. 
And these are limited editions again. I wonder if it's got the prices on here. I've got a feeling that, that it's not they're not too brutal. So the one of them is five hundred and ninety euro. Okay. Um, which is that open heart one. Oh really? Okay. All yeah. right. That's and, I mean for a presage with that dial, five ninety. Okay. I mean uh Knowing what I know about their movements, the open heart doesn't excite me, but that's okay. I can excite someone else. <laughs> I, was, I was actually, again, I was chatting to not not the boss, but another colleague at mm-hmm. work who's just got into watches. And because one of his friends was was taking the, the mick out of him because he had an Apple watch. Oh, and yeah. he, uh, so they've actually trying to get him to buy a watch. He's been asking me, really likes white dials. And mm-hmm. instead of me giving him, I gave him a few recommendations, a Christopher Ward, and then he really liked the presage. But I said to him that he should come on the show or we should do a live stream with him, invite a couple of people on who, with, with multiple, with who maybe people pick two watches. White dial less than $1,200 is his oh, own. Yeah. You, yeah. I know. I've, I've got one. I'm, I've got one ready to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he, yep. um, and then we'll present them to him. Not that he has to make a choice on the day, but it would be. Uh, <laughs> oh no, be we're going to make him make a choice now for sure. He doesn't actually have to go get one, but he has to make a choice. <laughs> I think that'd be good. And uh, a little, uh, you know, it's interesting. I'd like to do a little Apple Watch tangent, okay? If we could. Yeah. And you, you mentioned it. I found out something interesting that 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 maybe we hadn't considered when we look at the numbers of the sales of Apple Watches compared to Swiss. I mean, this is a very, everyone does, you know, I've seen this, we've seen this blog article 20 times, you know. Well, Apple, and the Apple keep mentioning it on their keynote, don't they? Oh, yeah, they, they love they it. Yeah, they're like, we outsell. Okay. Yeah, here's the thing, though. Little little asterisk here that we should we should mention. So I wanted to pick up a used Apple Watch to use in my advertising and in, in my for my watch strap company um i know i'm a trader i know but at least it was i, was, I went i went to ebay and i figured I, i'm gonna buy you know one of the earlier series they're pretty inexpensive and you know i just needed yeah, basically it just has to be for the photo shoot and you know to, to display we have a we have a two piece and we have the, the apple watch we're i'm fine with selling watch straps to apple watch folks that's fine in any case so i picked up a series two for about 130 dollars on ebay okay not too bad and got to me right away fantastic connected it i have a iphone for work so proceeded to attempt to turn it on so you turn it on this is the first thing that really shocked me that i didn't i didn't know this i'm an it guy i didn't know this you cannot do anything with that watch unless it is paired with the phone. Full stop. Like yes, to set it up, yeah. To to set it up, to get it going, like it you it has to connect to so so people that are like, "Oh, well it's only $600." You're like, "Yeah, well it's only $600 connected to your $900 phone or your $1000 tablet." I mean, okay, all right. So all right, all right. So Series 2 came out in 2017 too old so i tried to pair it with my iphone 8 and it asked for a software update and it was like oh i gotta do the software update and they're like okay and then it went into this like weird software loop okay 
I'll, I'll too long didn't read the story. Wrap this up. I brought the watch to an Apple store and was like, please upgrade this to the latest version of Apple Watch. And they're like, we can't, and it won't work with your phone if we do. Yeah, they do that, this force obsolescence. Um, I've got an iPad that can no longer sync. Right. So what I want everybody to do is the next time we see their keynote or the next time we see their blog that says, oh, we outsold all the... Okay. Uh, So see this watch? This watch, if I don't massively damage it, will be running long after I'm gone. And and can be passed down to generations and can be repaired by next generations and generations after that. And so how much of their watch sales are because in basically three years, it's no good anymore. And what really chapped me was they offered me $25 in an upgrade. <laughs> funny and I paid $130 for it. And I was just like, Yeah, it's like, funny that I know this is yeah. a big, uh, this is a big, that big right to repair and everything, isn't there? Right. The class action lawsuits go. And, yeah. and the people wonder, somebody actually asked me whether it would affect the Rolex or some of the watch companies. Like, will they be forced right to repair to send parts to watchmakers? Or if you ask for a part, to make the parts available. I mean, in some cases, yeah, to make the parts available. There are certain states, there are certain states where the right to repair laws are stronger. Uh, Massachusetts, for example. Um, so, yeah, I just, I found this interesting. So, so yeah, with this sort of software obsolescence, you know, it's like how, you know, 30, 30, 40% of that number, whatever that number is. Like if you're, if you're someone who bought the first Apple Watch and and now you're you're into the technology and you you need it on your wrist and you do it for notifications or whatever you use and it stops functioning you're obviously going to get another one and so then that goes into new sales and new sales so i just thought oh, i was like oh it just made me it made me frustrated with the whole thing but it also kind of gave me some insight that i'm that i'm sharing to you guys here which is like you know keep in mind that you know their sales are kind of forced whereas like you know if you if you're lucky enough to get or if you 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 invest in or purchase a really nice Swiss luxury watch, German, Japanese, whatever luxury watch, um, should last last an absolute lifetime and and doesn't have to affect a marketing sales spreadsheet. Well, let's dive into another story, and this is another pick from you, another maybe future icon chronograph like the. Mm. this zin was and that's the curious case of the space iwc watch yeah this popped up over on our facebook group and i had i had seen it uh, as well what i was looking for specifically um so white i think it's a white either white ceramic or it's a white case looks really good yeah, it looks really good but the first thing I went to look for, Sam, is to see if they actually flew. Yeah, so this was, was this designed for the civilian space flight exactly. that just went Yeah, up? so it's just yep. landed so in, yesterday. Yeah, ju- yeah, yep, successful up and back. Spent a, who wants to spend a weekend in space? Uh, so, Inspiration 4 for basically citizen, you know, private citizen astronauts. Um, and I, I, this group, I think, was a better, uh, 
you know, was better than the uh, the billionaire to space race that we had a couple of months ago. Because um, this group was uh, someone who, you know, made money, but, you know, flies jets. So is a pilot, you know, um, some and, and is philanthropic, uh, g- giving back to charity. This whole mission was basically a fundraiser, which is really cool. Um, a cancer survivor, um, a payload specialist, and a... Uh, a woman who trained to be an astronaut, but, but didn't get into the program. Um, so great, you know, interesting group of four, four folks, two, two, two guys, two girls. And um, they were up higher than the international space station. So they beat Jeff Bezos record. They beat Branson's record. They are, they, you know, they like, you can, I can't wait for some of the pictures. If you haven't seen some of the pictures, like, the earth looks like a sphere. I mean, that's how high they were, which is pretty cool. The key with this is I saw this watch and I said, oh, this is amazing. And the first thing we did, and and we did this when when the first um, SpaceX crew dragon went up, we were looking for, you know, we were watch spotting, looking for someone's Omega. I couldn't, I couldn't see it. So if any of you listening saw that any of the astronauts were wearing this, any of the Inspiration4 crew had this on, I could not find it. Maybe uh, we'll be able to spot it in the Netflix documentary, but I'm uh, kind of hoping that it actually flew. Yeah, and if you look on IWC's website, they're not—they've not really made a song and dance about it on their own website. Uh, I thought this was interesting that they're doing the Blue Angels over the citizens—you know, citizens traditionally do Blue Angels, but they've not really. That you would think it would be splashed all over the front page, and you're right. I watched some of that news footage, and there was footage of them in the capsule and things, and I couldn't see mm-hmm. this watch on their on their wrist yeah. at all. Uh, my take on it is, it, there's a very iconic um, Fortis picture of the Fortis cosmonaut, and it's floating basically in the cupola of the International Space Station, and that's what I want to see. <laughs> I and so it's funny I will compare that watch to their like Mars Explorer watch where they you know we kind of talked about it on here where they're like eventually when they you know when they go to Mars that that'll be the watch they pick well right now I would rather have the same exact model of watch that flew in space currently than sort of a future Mars mission watch and I feel like if if this watch actually flew in space, then it's got some street cred from the space nerds. But if not, I, I don't I don't I mean I you know to kind of celebrate the flight is cool, but it it's it then it kind of takes it down from the from the coveted uh space watch realm that we all love to talk about. Well, next story, and Chris, you brought this to my attention because I honestly didn't know that this was happening I, I don't know how i didn't know nobody seemed to make a song or dance about it but there was a fairly big i mean the london watch show was on as well so a big shout out to everyone that was there i know paul thought was one of the people to arrange that and by all accounts it seemed like that went off very well i saw a lot of people blogging from there tim wright was doing live streams it looks really interesting i'm going to be exciting this week to see all the photos that come out mm. uh, of mm-hmm. the um 
and I know a few fans of this channel went as well, so a big shout out to uh, John and a few other people that I think went. But this was, um, I, I would have shown the website for that, but there's not much, there's not many photos uploaded yet. Maybe next week we'll do a bit more of an in-depth one on that. But this one that you that I flew under the radar for me was the was the Geneva watch days. Yeah, yeah, and and I and you know let's talk about it. Part of the reason why I feel like it might have gone under the radar is this is our first year with no Basel World. Mm. So I mean the 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 sad Basel World website that we were just at, you know, checking that out, but. Uh, this is their sort of replacement for it, or you know, one of the shows now. Geneva Watch Days. They they had a smaller subset, They're like a decentralized event with where it was in multiple locations. Yeah, yeah, and a small uh, a smaller set of vendors or vendors or should I say, you know, watch manufacturers. Um, so Breitling was there. Um, you know, Bogari. MBNF. Yeah. Ulysses Nardin. Yeah. Yeah, so um, it was uh, yeah interesting. Some I, I noticed some stuff come out of it, specifically Breitling. And just looking on the website now, it seemed like Breitling were really advertising their top time watches. Yeah, yeah. So these are three new chronographs, and uh, they they really they're really honing in on the on the market. I mean, I think they're they're dialing in the the, the market for this stuff. So it's the uh, Shelby Cobra, the Corvette, um, and the Mustang. So they got these three new chronographs that they released. These these you know sort of fun colors: red, blue, green, and they're based on the car color for these vintage race cars. Uh, the Mustang in green, definitely Beautiful, cool. Yeah. You know, I it, we we've said this. We sort of watched this over the last couple of years. I mean, Breitling has it feels like a different company now. I totally um, agree. I th I think they're doing some. I'm glad they're experimenting and doing some good things. Uh, I really like my Breitling B1, but you're right. They're definitely going away from the more chunkier. I mean, and they're not going away. They still sell the more chunkier watches, but they're definitely mm -hmm. going into this vintage inspired watches, and they're doing a great job. The vintage inspired Navitimers. I'm yeah. th these color, these beautiful colors yeah. that they did. I think you're right. I think they're doing some some fantastic things yeah. at the moment I, I i interesting like they're they're experimenting more with the with the ladies watches i mean i just really want to point that out because i feel like there's a lot of manufacturers who um you know they'll just like they'll take a design and they'll make it 34 millimeters and put some diamonds on it and call it the ladies watch and that's that's not what breitling's doing here breitling is is like you know hey you know maybe you want to wear a chronograph yeah. You know, maybe you want to wear a green chronograph or, um, you know, a little a little bit more fun color of the, you know, of the diver or the or the different uh, different styles they have. So good for them, because I, I, I think that market is is untapped. Oh, I totally agree. I, I think the the women's the ladies watches is untapped. And I think that I think that Rolex should really do. A, I think they would have a runaway success with a smaller Submariner, like a ladies' version of the Submariner. Mm -hmm. I've, mm -hmm. I've often heard. And, that. and there's a thing where uh, women will wear men's watches, and it's like known as like the boyfriend watch, where where the kind of yeah the the style is the larger. So like a woman wearing like a 44 millimeter watch 
this sort of style i think they really they should they should go into that they should pour into that because you know they're missing out there like you know i think the days of the dainty 30 millimeter oval you know, my, my, my wife's not interested in that. You know, she was, you know, if it's, she's going to be in the lab, she's wearing a G-Shock. And if she's out, she's going to have a fun color watch on. Um, and yeah, not really. And then for, for dress, it's going to be something, you know, she likes that's, you know, that's kind of her style. Some of the, especially some of the Rolex watches. I worked with a lady mm-hmm. who had a, a, a Kermit a, and she loved oh, nice. it and it looked awesome the only problem she had was that there wasn't enough links that they could take out of the bracelet so it was still oh, right. quite yeah. larger and that was her complaint she was like yeah they just couldn't i would i, I and the size looked yeah. awesome on 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 her obviously yeah they need to do that like that little that like shrunken yeah. bracelet you know where you don't where it doesn't need to open up to be like a diver's extension it just needs because you're just like it's it's only so big you know so they yeah that would be that would be perfect. Well, shall we round the show out with? I thought this was quite an interesting article on a blog to watch. Well, not it, the article wasn't interesting. It's just it made me think. Um, they're doing a, a limited edition watch stand, so so they've got their it's uh, marble and it's got their um, you know their branding on it. And so I'm surprised like Pinky hasn't it. done yeah. something like this. I'm sure they have. I have something like this. I have a little wooden stand that I put my watch (laughs) on. But it got me thinking, Chris, what non-watch strap accessories, should we say? Because obviously watch straps. What non-watch strap accessories do you have? I mean, I could probably kick this off. I've got... I use this, which was actually very kindly sent into the store. It's a Mirage luxury travel case they call it but Mm. it's a watch roll Mm -hmm. but i keep all my watches in it the cool thing with it is if i show you here you pull out the um you pull them out they're kind of slotted in there so they've got like a a ridged slot and then you just so they don't move around in there they kind of they slot in oh okay oh they're they're indexed in the actual case that's cool you pull the whole thing out and then you have to move the watches back and forth they yeah, or if they were, or if they were loose, they'd kind of tumble exactly. out. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, or if they were, if they were not, yes, that's right, they would tumble out. But these are not, mm-hmm. and this mm-hmm. isn't very expensive. This they, they sent me this in, so this is this is a little uh, nice paid promotion thing you'll see at the top. But they sent me this in. I think they're only like seventy dollars, but they do them in different colors as well. So a little plug for Mirage Luxury Travel. So I have this. I have a watch roll, and then I have that little watch stand that it's a wooden watch stand. I'll throw up a picture. I got it on Amazon for like twelve dollars or something, but it looks it looks pretty cool. Uh, what do you have? Uh, what did you, what, where we, where do we leave off on the winders? Do you have a winder? Do you end up with one? I haven't got a watch winder. Yeah. I I go back yeah. and forth on. You hear there's conspiracy theories about them, isn't there? That it wears out the watch, right. but I don't know whether. Right. I mean, you're more of an engineer. Yeah. What do you think on that one? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, sort of uh, the, the the take that I have is it. We have modern synthetic lubricants on in these watches. If if it says it's good for ten years, it's it's good for ten years. Whether it's you know winding around, it really comes down to convenience. So it's like some of the some of the harder to set watches 
um, such as like a like a calendar, you know, perpetual calendar, something like that, or moon phase, something that's you know just like you could something where you could mess it up setting it. It's it's probably a good idea to just if you want to wear that all the time and just have that ready to go, then it's probably a good idea to throw it on. And then if you're not going to wear it for if you don't think you're going to wear it for a, a while, like it's you know the dead of winter or something, then you know take it off the winder, fine. Um, I, I have one, but it's uh it's kind of it gets like months of use and then and then I don't use it for months and then months of use and I don't use it. like sometimes I'll have like a watch on deck. I mean, for example, like right now, I feel like I feel like the the watch box is dead because because I haven't seen another watch in you know twenty eight days. But um, uh, you know, if I'm if I've got something in rotation or you know like if I'm wearing something that I'm enjoying. And then I know I'm going to wear it later for work or whatever. I'll just pop it on the on the winder and then not have to sit there and crank, you know, crank on it kind of thing. Now, I think I think it's good. Um, but but again, I, it really comes down to like convenience. Like, you know, if you're if you're wearing a watch for a week or if you're maybe switching one out, you know, I love the, um, you know, the heartache that we have to go through to play with our you know, fun little mechanical devices for 20 minutes to set them. You're like, it's part of the, it's part of the charm. So I think I've never, I've never seen that much in, I've never myself, I actually have been offered a number Mm -hmm. of times to be sent one in for review. And I've always Mm -hmm. declined it because I never really liked them enough to get one. And don't they, Yeah. don't they say that you have to be, you have to get, a decent quality one because if you have it in your bedroom they're right. quite they can be quite loud. Yes. Yeah, exactly. They have you like and then that price point is high. Like when they you know, if you're on Amazon and they're like they're silent, they're probably not silent. There's like a worm gear that's like and at two o'clock in the morning you're you or your significant other are gonna go and throw things at it <laughs> and then your watch will be really be in danger of being actually damaged and and not by the yeah. winder <laughs> um but uh yeah so so yeah you have to get into a decent price point you know in order to get something that's that's truly silent um for me uh you i this was actually a surprise you had sent me uh, i'm just gonna shout out to detroit mint because you sent me um this little guy here this little watch roll here they just kind of threw in there and immediately i love this this color yeah it's really good isn't it good job yeah that's a good little um side note actually dave at detroit mint is has done a mechanical version of his bullhead chronograph it's on pre-order at the moment with the seagull movement in there at 475 dollars which is and oh, wow. then he's going to be doing uh, another couple of other versions as well. But I really like the quartz version of this. But you're right. These come in, uh, I think these ones come in a watch roll as well. But it is a nice watch roll that he provides with these. Yeah. Yeah. It's like super surprised. Yeah. It was just like, I was like, yeah. So, you know, like, uh, yeah, good for him to like. And I think he had mentioned it when he was on the show that he had sort of picked out the mm. materials and stuff because, you know, it definitely shows, you know, you get you get some of these, you know, some of these brands will come in and just like this, the, the you know, they give you a watch roll, but it's like an afterthought and it's like this like smelly fake leather or whatever. And so um, as far as other like tools, you know, it's interesting, like even being someone that that, you know, mods and tinkers with watches, um, it really like I think it I think for anyone in the hobby, 
um, definitely get yourself a good yes. spring bar tool. Something that's something from from maybe even Bergeron, if I had to like pick a brand. Something that from a from a Swiss watch tool manufacturer, um, that the the pin for the removal is like actually actually tool steel hardened and not made of and not made of uh, pressed magnesium yeah, it's or amazing whatever. How they bend, <laughs> the, isn't the cheap it? ones you are. Scratch your watch. And another shout out to yeah. David Detroit Mint who included quite a decent one in the. Oh, nice! In the watch roll that I got, I think he sent me one over as like a promo nice. device. That they're they're, they're yeah. really good quality. But you're right, yeah. I've got that, and then I've got the ones that look like tweezers, sort of hit or yeah. miss. I think with the ones with the tweezers for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just something, and then um, and then the last thing for me is just uh, some good magnification. So just like even a set of the like inexpensive um you know inexpensive loop something i have one on my nightstand all the time because it just you know you're just you're struggling with it and it's like even if your eyes are 20 year old eyes i mean this is you're down to 20 millimeters it's super tiny super hard to see but uh but you know get some you know so yeah into the into the into the box a little magnification and then a decent uh spring bar tool i would say is a must and for me the last thing would be i actually I had to combine, I have like my everyday carry stuff. So my watch, so whatever watch box I got was never going to be big enough for either all of that or all my, so I ended up just kind of rolling my own, kind of did like a, a, I took a, uh, an Ikea glass door that I bought like as a, as a remnant, you know, as the, on, on sale, as their like parts from their parts bin. Um, and then, yeah, and then sort of built it with the hinges and and built it into a uh, into a watch box. I'll see if I can grab a picture of that. And so that uh, for two reasons, glass so that I could maybe charge up my my solar watches, at least from the ambient. I know it's not at the best. Maybe I should put some more <laughs> some more UV LEDs in there or whatever. Uh, but also to have this, like I said, to have the space to kind of expand. Um, because as we both know, uh, whatever size of watch box you purchase, you will have that many watches. Well, guys, let us know over on the Facebook group if you've got any other suggestions from that. The Facebook group is really growing at the moment. And uh, please put in a, a request to join. Uh, just a little word of warning on this is that uh, I've, a couple of people have kindly put in a request to join and they forgot to agree to the rules. So just agree to the rules and, and we'll, we'll welcome you in. Um, but there's some great conversation yes. happening. We'll have no problem uh, if you do there. that. Yeah. As always, guys, we really appreciate you watching and listening and we'll see you next time on Casual Watch Talk. Thanks, guys. Bye.